Did good. This is week number three in our uh, series entitled Irrelevant. Does the Bible matter? Irrelevant. Does the Bible matter? First week, we looked at 1 Peter 3, verse 15, and found that uh, for our hearts and lives to be attractive and relevant, uh, we must in our hearts daily revere Christ as Lord and King. And, and that's where it has to always be, because if daily, that's present tense, revering Christ as Lord of our lives, if we're not daily inviting Jesus to be the King of our lives, then we're not going to be relevant to this world at all. We've got really nothing to say, because we're thinking and behaving and speaking just like they are. But when we put Jesus first in our lives, the people that Jesus Christ puts in our path will see Jesus alive and shining bright in us. Does that make sense? So as, as I'm putting Jesus first, it says they will ask. You don't have to go and tell them. You live Jesus daily, they're going to ask. And if they're not asking, that's probably a problem. Okay? If, if nobody's asking, then they're probably not seeing anything different in you than they see in their unchurched, unsaved minds. And when they ask, we said they must, they're going to ask questions, we must respond with gentleness and respect. Gentleness being strength under the control of Jesus Christ. Respect, never rude, never harsh, never judgmental. And we finally said, conclusion of first week, strong warning, in an attempt to be relevant, never water down, never sugarcoat or compromise or soften the truth of God's Word. Because the truth is, this is our foundation, and if this is true, and if this is what we stand on, this is what's got real answers, as soon as we sugarcoat or compromise or reconfigure the authority of God's Word, we lose its authority. We lose our relevance. We've lost our integrity when we start messing with the truth of God's Word. Last week, uh, week number two, we looked at the key, core, central fact of the Bible. And here's what we said. If the key, core, central fact of the Bible is true and verifiable and has got data to show that it's historical fact, then that, that book would be very relevant, right? And we said the key, core event of God's Word is Jesus arose from the dead. That is the central core of what God's Word is all about. And we looked at six pieces of evidence that show that indeed uh, the empty tomb is historical fact. I would encourage you, if you weren't here last Sunday, uh, www.walloonchurch.com. Is that right, Brent? Uh, you can go there. You can watch last Sunday's sermon at your leisure. You can watch or, or listen to it. Matter of fact, what is there, 10, 12 of the last 10, 12 Sundays, something along 10, he tells me. Okay, so for the last 10 weeks, if you weren't here, if you missed something, you can go back. Uh, here's the six pieces of evidence, real fast. Number one, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 8, is accepted by almost all historians and almost all scholars, even the skeptics, even the agnostics, even those who lean toward being atheistic, they realize this is a very, very early confession 
of the church. And historians say this, the closer you can get to the original event, the better. There's not time for it to be corrupted. And and they would even tell you, uh, the leading agnostic scholar says, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 to 8, is within one year of the cross. Just want you to know, back in ancient manuscripts, that's as good as it gets. And they would say, oh yeah, that's very, very reliable. Second piece of evidence, Jesus was seen and touched and ate with over 500 different people. He made multiple appearances over different days, and those accounts, again, are unheard of in ancient manuscripts. Almost never do you have more than one or two witnesses. And, and to have over 500 people, that's like unheard of in ancient literature. Third piece of evidence, Jesus was arrested and crucified, and what did his followers do? Do you remember? They ran, they scattered, they hid, they denied. Uh, literally, his disciples, who would be the leaders of the early church, ran and hid out like a bunch of cowards. But what's interesting, just a few days later, after the resurrection, they, would stand, they grew a backbone, they were, their spine was strong, and they spent the rest of their lives proclaiming that Jesus was the Christ, that Jesus was indeed the one who was crucified for sin, that Jesus arose from the dead, and they saw him, and they touched him, and they were suddenly strong and bold and willing to be tortured, willing to be arrested, willing to even die for those facts. What happened? They went from cowards to being willing to die. And I'm telling you what happened. The explanation is pretty clear. The risen Jesus Christ radically transformed them. Piece of evidence number four, without the physical resurrection of Jesus from the dead, how do you explain the last 2,000 years of history? The event, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ literally is the message that has changed and altered this world. Nothing even comes close. How do you explain history if this literally didn't happen? It doesn't make sense. Fifth piece of evidence was this. If a man can predict his own death and resurrection and then pull it off, I just go with whatever that man says. I like that. You might want to write that down. Use it, you know. Thanks, Andy, for giving us that. Uh, Jesus at least a dozen times predicted his death, his burial, his resurrection. And then he pulled it off. <laughs> That's somebody worth following, I'm telling you. And the sixth piece of evidence we said is uh, the historical fact that down through the centuries, hundreds of thousands of people have faced the death of a loved one. Hundreds of thousands in the millions have faced their own death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ brought them comfort and strength during the worst times of their lives. Powerful how the resurrection has brought strength and power and assurance down to followers of Jesus down through the centuries. Today we're going to look at a passage in the Gospel of Matthew. Locate that on your phone or in your Bible. Uh, This is a concluding section of that amazing teaching we call the Sermon on the Mount. 
And Jesus is going to give us a key core argument why his word is so relevant. Jesus is going to tell us today as we read why God's word is meaningful and really can make a difference in our lives. Would you stand with me if you can? Matthew chapter 7, we'll start with verse 24, we'll read down through verse 27. Let's declare God's word together. Here we go. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for inspiring Matthew to write down exactly what you wanted to say to us. And thank you, Lord, that uh, you've gotten this word to us and preserved it down through the centuries. So, Lord, would you help us to understand exactly now as we dig in what you intended by these words? Help us to understand its meaning. And Lord, I pray that we'll be able to understand what these words mean for us today, 2018, what it matters for us in your church at Walloon. Lord, I pray that you'd help goofy Jeff to get out of the way, because we need to hear from you, we need to hear from your spirit this morning. Lord, would you speak and prompt and nudge, that's what we're asking for. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one united voice, you can be seated. October 10th of this year, that's six weeks ago, Hurricane Michael slammed in the panhandle of Florida. Seems like a lot longer, wasn't it? Doesn't to these folks. Uh, Category 4 hurricane Peak winds of 155 miles per hour made landfall. This is Mexico Beach, Florida, right near Panama City, Florida. Uh, This house on Mexico Beach uh, became quite famous uh, because it was standing strong, and you can see, surrounded by houses that were leveled to concrete. (laughs) So why did this house survive with almost no damage when all the surrounding houses were wiped out? What was the secret here? You ready? Here's the answer. Uh, They drove pilings down deep um, into the ground. They had special screws that were drilled into the wall. The house was reinforced by steel cables and rebar, and the home was elevated on pilings to keep it above the storm surge. All the Mexico Beach homes that were built without this type of reinforcement were destroyed, (laughs) were wiped out, were reduced to rubble. You understand? 
You can see there's nothing left around it that took the direct hit right on the water. That's Jesus giving the same warning in Matthew chapter 7. Look at it, verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Verse 25. The rain came down, the streams rose, the wind blew, beat against that house, yet it did not fall. Why? Because its foundation was the rock. Key, here it is, build your life on the words of Jesus. Build your life on the truth of Jesus Christ. In other words, you hear it and then you actually do something with what you hear. When we build our lives upon the teachings of Jesus and His Word, we're storm-proofing our lives. Follow with me now. Our lives will face storms, okay? Storms are a part of life on planet Earth. They, they just are going to hit our lives. No one knows exactly when, but they hit, and usually unexpectedly, right? You didn't plan on that car slamming into yours. You didn't plan on sliding on the ice and hitting that object. Again, uh, you're shocked when you get laid off or fired from a job. You just didn't see it coming. I could go around. Lots of us have been blindsided by storms that hit our lives unexpectedly. It's not a matter of if a storm will hit. It's a matter of what? Think about it. It's not, you're, it's not oh, I wonder if I will ever catch a storm. In my... It's not a matter of if. It's just a matter of when. We all, at times, face storms that hit us. And sometimes we see them coming quite often, not so much. Don't believe me? How many of you would say humbly right now, you know what, just got to be honest, there's a storm that's beating on my life right now. How many of you just lift up your hand? Hold it high because people need to know that because they're pretty sure they're the only ones. And you, you, feel, you feel like I'm the only one that's getting clobbered right now and it's just not true. Um, and, and if you're one of those that didn't have to raise your hand, wow, here's the warning. <laughs> Uh, hold on, another storm system's coming your way. So, how do you survive a storm of depression or betrayal or divorce when it hits you unexpectedly? How do you survive that? Go back with me, verse 24. It, it's pretty clear. We hear and listen and study the words of Jesus and His book. And it's not just to hear it, then the hard work begins, then we do the hard work of putting God's Word into practice in our lives. In other words, I, this is the words and the truth of Jesus, now I align my life up with the book. That's where the effort comes from. Do we do that perfectly? Do we do that absolutely without any error? And the answer is, of course not. There was only one perfect, and that's what we just celebrated, the sinless Lamb of God without spot or blemish or defect. He was the only one. 
But listen, that doesn't excuse us from growing and maturing and living out more and more of God's Word as I grow and mature. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. We grow, we mature, we live out more and more of God's Word in our lives. Listen, and by doing that, we're more prepared for the next storm that hits our lives. That's why we do it. I want to get my life in alignment with God's Word because that's what prepares me for the next storm. Here's what you need to know. The house that survived Hurricane Michael, uh, it was double the cost per square foot of all the other houses. It's costly. If it was easy and cheap, every house would be built this way. Think about it. If it was easy, everybody's house would have survived Hurricane Michael. But it's harder, it's more difficult, it's more expensive to build our lives on Jesus and His Word is more expensive. Do you understand that? It takes more time. It takes more daily effort. It takes determination that every day I'm going to daily live out and put God's Word into practice in my life. If it was easy, everybody would do it, right? <laughs> it's a challenge. It's, it's a daily challenge. Which is why, sadly, are you ready? Here's the bad news why amongst those who claim to follow Jesus in churches like ours, biblical evangelical churches, even the best churches most of us don't live out with our daily lives, what we say with our lips we believe. We say, oh yeah, I believe that. Do you actually live it? Um, mostly not. Sadly, most of us, we, we say we hear it, we say we believe it, but we don't make the effort to live it out in our daily lives. And I would suggest to you what makes us irrelevant in 2018 is not the hard saying in sayings and teachings of the Bible. You ready? What makes us irrelevant is the vast numbers of us who say with our lips, I love Jesus. I follow Jesus, but we don't ever actually practice what God's book has to say. Which means when a storm hits our life, <laughs> we collapse, we crumble, we don't behave, we don't, we don't talk any differently than those who build their lives on the sand. That's what makes us irrelevant. When we say we know Jesus and I, and I, and I hear God's word, but I haven't taken the time to actually live it, that makes us so irrelevant. People look at us and say, you're just talking? <laughs> you're just talk, talk, talk. When our lives are hit by the great storms, death, divorce, betrayal, sickness, accidents, and even though it hurts, follow me, I'm not saying when those storms hit, we don't cry out, we're not in tears, but we stand and we survive. How is that? We took the time to actually get prepared by lining our lives, our words, our behavior up with God's book. That's when our lives are relevant. That's when our lives shine bright. That's when our lives are attractive and people want to sit up and say, 
Tell me more about this, Jesus. Because I got hit by that same storm a few years ago, and that's not how I reacted. Tell me about that some more. And then there are people who live in a different type of house. Go back to the text, because there's one more type of house. It says, verse 26, the house that's built on sand. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Verse 27, the rain came down, the streams rose, the wind blew and beat against that house. What happened? It fell with a great crash. Okay, now I want you to help me on, okay? Here we go. Ready? Get your hands out there. The rain came down, the streams rose, the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great boom. Same storms hit both houses. (laughs) Disease, depression, death, divorce. Hits everyone, every house, every life gets hit gets hit by storms. Followers of Jesus who diligently build their lives upon Jesus don't get a pass on trouble. That's the lie. Well, well, followers, we get this special bubble and storms don't hit our lives. Lie, deception, that's not true. Uh, If anything, with the fiery darts of the enemy, we might get a few extra storms. But followers of Jesus, the difference is we've built our lives on the rock, on Jesus, and on the foundation of His Word, and we're prepared and ready to endure whatever storm comes our way. That's the difference. We have the Good Shepherd, we have His book, and we're prepared to stand no matter what life brings our way, no matter what the Lord allows to come crashing our way. And some of you could right now stand up and share. Some of you could say, I've took the worst storm could happen. I've lost a child, and yet I want you to know I hated it. I, I, I still mourn, but the Lord enabled me to stand. Some of you could stand right now and say, I lost a storm uh, through, I, I lost a, a spouse, and that storm wrecked me. But I want you to know the Lord gave me the strength, and I stood on His Word, and I stood on Him. And I could still stand with him in his power and strength. But those who hear the words of Jesus, verse 26, look at it, huge, but choose not to do the hard work of building your finances on God's book, on building your marriage on the principles of God's word, on raising your children based on God's book, on how you speak with your words based on God's work. You don't put your effort into putting God's Word into practice, the house on the sand goes flat. The house on the sand goes splat. Why don't, why doesn't everybody build their house on the rock? Think about it. If this works, and you've seen it work, you've seen people around you take the worst hits of a storm, of a hurricane that can be given a person, and they were able to stay. Why doesn't everybody build their house on on the rock if it's so strong and secure? Let me give you four reasons as we close. First, first reason why, it's humbling to admit that I don't know what's best for me. I like to think that I know what's best for me, 
and I like my own opinions, and I don't want to align my life with somebody else. That's the first reason. Some of these are kind of related to each other. Second, it's harder, takes more effort, takes focus, takes daily effort and determination to carefully build our lives based on Jesus and His Word. It's a lot of work. And the truth is, I'm speaking for me right now, at times we're pretty lazy and I want to do it the easy way, right? I, I don't want it, I don't feel like putting the effort in sometimes. Third, before the storm hit Mexico Beach on October 10th, everybody around that house, what do you think the neighbors were thinking about that house? <laughs> Are you kidding me? The, the pain handle, we've never been hit with a major storm. And they put double the cost into building that house? Are you kidding me? I think they were laughing. I, I think they were making fun. It's so foolish to put all that money in. We're never going to get hit by a Cat 4 hurricane. It's never happened. People laugh at us when we take the time, the effort, the determination to daily build our house on Jesus and His Word. They will laugh. <laughs> Just like they laughed at Noah just before it started raining, right? Finally, number four, there's something deep within all of us that want to live and speak and behave. And I want my ideas to be done my way. I want to do it my way. And, and when we do it my way, and I would sing that tune for you. I'll give you a little frank right now, but I'm going to spare you. At the end of that tomb, I did it my way. Crash, boom, splat. That's the end of that song. The reason the church of 2018 appears to be irrelevant is not because God's word is irrelevant. The reason the church of 2018 appears to be irrelevant is because most of us haven't taken the time and the energy to carefully build our lives daily on Jesus and His book. That's what appears to be fake. That's what appears to be fraudulent. That appears to be hypocritical. And you know what? They're right. Which means our lives go splat in tough times. Our lives are no different when the storms hit than people who don't know Jesus and they're building their life on the sand. The secret to being relevant in 2018, you ready? I'm going to whisper it to you, lean in, okay, you ready? Is for us to go all in. It's not halfway. It's not, oh, I know a lot about Jesus and the Word. No, it's actually daily taking the time, the energy, the effort to dig down and build your life on the book. That's so relevant. And when we live that way, I'm telling you what, people sit up and say, well, what's different about you? How come that storm hit? And that's the way you, re you responded with love. You responded with forgiveness. You responded by showing love, loving like Jesus. What's up with you? Larry, that kind of life is irresistible. It is. Let's pray together as we close. How you doing today? Not just about hearing the words of Jesus, but actually being a doer. That's the difference 
Just hearing about and knowing about the Bible, that's not enough. Been putting God's Word into practice? Is it a daily discipline of your life, building your life on the rock? Or is the truth you've been building mostly on the sand? Here's the good news. You don't have to wait till the next storm hits to start building. You can tell the Lord even right now, Lord, enough of this building on sand stuff, it hurts. I choose to make the effort to not just hear God's word, but actually to put it into practice. And the first time you do that is when you say yes to Jesus by faith. If you're here today and you've never said yes, you've never believed that Jesus took your place on the cross, shed his blood for your greatest problem, you're a sinner just like me took your place in the grave and early Sunday morning literally, bodily, physically arose from the death. He did that for you. He did that for me. Pray for my friends right now in the middle of a fierce storm as well, Lord. Give them strength and faith to hold on tight to you. Might they sense your presence, Lord. Might they cry out to you, the good shepherd, might they uh, hold on tight to the promises of your word and help us as church family, Lord, help us to love and support and care and encourage those in the family when they get hit by a storm. And now, Lord, as the ushers come forward, we receive the benevolent offering. And Lord, I know that we have some who are going to receive these gifts and they're right in the middle of a storm themselves. Might these gifts that we're about to give be received as hope and encouragement and love from us right in the middle of their trouble, right in the middle of life storms. It's in Jesus' name we pray.